Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby and welcome to another edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And on the phone with me, I have Mary Kay Cabot. And the first question here, Mary Kay, is where are you right now? Well, you know what, Dan, if people only knew half the places that we do our podcast, you know, sitting in uh, crazy little rooms and by pools and in weight rooms on the road and different things. Well, I just so happen to be right now in the Toronto airport getting ready to go to Barcelona tonight to visit my son who's interning over in Barcelona. Yeah, that's uh, and that's something that, uh, you know, I'm going to take a little credit for this because uh, I know me and, and some of the other people in the media room really kind of pushed you to, to take this trip. You know, you, you were kind of hedging a little bit, but uh, I'm glad you're on your way there. Well, yes, you guys pushed me to do two things. Number one, to buy my husband a hammock for Ooh. Father's Day. And number two, <laughs> breaking, news. breaking news on and the podcast. No, no, no. And number two, to go to Barcelona. So I can say that I actually did, took you guys up on one of your suggestions. Wow. All right. Oh, so you didn't, you didn't actually do the hammock. <laughs> no, so I, I did not. So I jumped the gun on that. Um, I'm actually sitting yeah. outside. So um, if people here don't hear airport noise, they, they might hear some dogs barking or something like that. I, I don't know if that's going to get picked up, but I'm sitting outside because uh, for those of you that don't know, we're sort of on our little break here uh, between mini camp and training camp. So that's why Mary Kay is taking a trip and why I'm enjoying some, some time outside. So we've, we've got to get this uh, get this stuff in while we can. We never stop working, Dan, even in the break. So let, let, let's get to what we wanted to talk about today. And um, I sort of unintentionally started a little firestorm this week. Uh, I, I sat down and I, I had wanted to do this last week. I, I wanted to write just sort of some takeaways from last week's mini camp and, and OTAs. And one of the things I noticed was there was a narrative beginning to form. And I think it was a result of just sort of nothing else to talk about, about the quarterback competition and whether Baker Mayfield should start week one. Why are they going with Tyrod Taylor? Shouldn't Baker be ready to start when he's 23 years old? So I wanted to put it out there, kind of my view of the plan, why I think it's a good plan. And frankly, I wanted to put out there that the player that I saw on the field in Baker Mayfield in minicamp simply wasn't ready to compete to start a quarterback. Now, when I say ready, I don't mean in a preparation sense. I don't mean anything like that. I just mean he's not quite there yet. And to give some background, he's been in the NFL for less than two months, and I just didn't see a guy. You know, he's still learning to take snaps under center, for example. 
I just didn't see a guy that was legitimately ready to challenge Tyrod Taylor, and that could change by July. This was in the middle of probably 10, 10 to 11 numbered points about the quarterback situation. And Mary Kay, people took that little tiny nugget and on top of, first of all, initially crediting you with writing it and putting your name on it, uh, it's kind of blown up into a national story that, frankly, it shouldn't be. That's right, Dan, and I'm sorry I took credit for your story. But <laughs> <laughs> That's right. okay. But, no, you're right. Um, there was a situation where there actually turned out to be a headline, you know, with my name on it saying, you know, Baker not ready to compete. And so I think – uh, you know, it even took on a life of its own after that. I've been getting, been getting, let me tell you, radio call, radio interview after radio interview request ever since your story came out, Dan, that people think that I wrote. Uh, about 10, 12 different people have emailed, text, and called me uh, to come on and talk about my story, about how I don't think Baker Mayfield is ready to compete, which, but again, like you said, what you wrote was, completely uh you know innocuous in fact it came right on the heels of brown's offensive coordinator todd haley saying that baker mayfield has a long way to go okay so if it's okay for todd haley to say that baker mayfield has a long way to go surely it should be okay for dan lobby to observe (laughs) that he wasn't ready to compete with taylor for the starting job yet we've been hearing that from the coaches all throughout this offseason. So I don't know why, like I said, it's a slow news cycle right now in the NFL. And, and this t- kind of took on a little bit of a life of its own. And it's just kind of funny how those things happen these days. Right. And, and I think a big piece of it is people saw that little nugget, um, which is kind of a grab your attention sort of thing. And they didn't bother to kind of click through and, and read the entire, you know, put it in context. And the context isn't, you know, that Baker Mayfield is a bust or that Baker Mayfield is never going to be ready or that Baker Mayfield might not come back in July and and be completely ready to push Tyrod Taylor. Who knows? I I mean, I even said in there, we've seen before plans change between June and September. There there are many examples of that. Um, I don't think that's going to happen in this case. I I also said that, but plans can change. Um, And and I think most people that actually went and, and read what was in there came away saying, even the headline was really boring. The headline was like, oh, the Browns are handling the quarterback situation correctly. Um, people that actually went and read it came away saying, yeah, th- this is right. This is where, kind of where things should be. Yeah, you'd like to see Baker flash a little here and there, but this is where things should be. Well, I think it, it was the way that it was aggregated more than the way that it was written. You, you wrote it completely, uh, you know, the way that you saw it and the way that the coaches have been seeing it, quite frankly, too, that, uh, that this just is the way that it is right now. And like you said, not that Baker isn't, you know, preparing properly. Not that he, I mean, we, we have all been writing all throughout that he's working his tail off. I mean, this is not a Johnny Manziel situation by any stretch of the imagination. So I think this was kind of taken out of context. But when these things happen, uh, you can see today, Baker Mayfield even weighed in <laughs> on it, Dan. Yes, he uh, did. Colin Cowherd, right? I mean, Colin Cowherd, uh, he quote tweeted uh, Evan Silva, who uh, quote tweeted your article slash my article. Most people think, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then Colin Coward said, you know, whatever, something like, you know, not a first round pick, not you know, too short, too whatever. 
not first round talent in any sport. And Baker Mayfield, I don't know the, I can't quote him exactly, but said something like, well, it happened. Uh, so have a nice day. So even Baker Mayfield is weighing in on this now. So like I said, I think part of it is it's a very, very, very slow time in the NFL. Everybody's on vacation. Players have dispersed for this five weeks. Most coaches uh, are either taking it easy or getting ready to go on their vacations. Reporters are on their vacations. I'm on my way to Barcelona. Uh, you know, it's a slow news time in the NFL. And, and when you have Baker Mayfield involved in, you know, with, with a headline that says not ready to compete. Well, and not your headline, I'm saying, but, um, you know, some of the other aggregated headlines, then uh, this is the kind of thing that can happen. Right. And and before we kind of move on and get into this quarterback situation, I, I, I just want to say that, that I actually was tweeting with Evan um, – I gosh, I guess it was yesterday. Um, and I didn't have a, a big issue with kind of how he pulled that out because he pulled it out and the link was directly to my story. He didn't editorialize anything, but it is the things like uh, there was a, I think it was fan sided that kind of took it and spun it as, Oh my gosh, this is a reason for panic. Uh, it was the Colin coward tweet where he quote tweets uh, Evan and says, well, here's almost points to it as evidence that he shouldn't have been the number one pick. And I just think it's important for people to remember that when you see stuff on Twitter, when you see stuff that gets aggregated, get back to that source material, you know, get back to kind of what the person who wrote it is trying to say, because it's easy to just kind of scan through Twitter, see a headline and, and run with it. And uh, well, I guess, uh, I guess that's just sort of the nature of the business. Sometimes you do appreciate the opportunities to get aggregated and people finding your work and pointing it out. But um, sometimes it doesn't quite go as intended. So that's our uh, that's our little inside look into the business. Uh, again, my most uh, I, I've, I've told a few people when I when I kind of wrote it, I thought it was like the most lukewarm, boring quarterback take ever, and here we are. Um, but the quarterback situation itself, Mary Kay, we do know Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback, and, and I guess the question here is, um, you know, is, is this something that can change between now and September 9th? Or are you pretty certain that this that Taylor is going to be starting against Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'm pretty certain that Taylor is going to be starting to opener against the Steelers. I, I think that if it were going to be different, I think they probably would have already been giving Baker some of the starting reps to give him an opportunity to start getting that timing down with the, the Jarvis Landry's and the Josh Gordon's and those guys. So I, I really don't see it going that way. I will say, however, uh, that I think that that Baker Mayfield's going to make a, a, a not a, a quarterback competition out of it, but he's going to uh, he's going to press, he's going to push, he's going to nip at Tyrod Fields, he's going to make it interesting. I mean, Hard Knocks is going to be in town. Uh, this is a guy that's walked on to two teams and become the starter and has you know won whatever forty games, almost forty games in, in college. So I don't think that he's going to sit back and take this lightly. We've already heard from him. Uh, at the start of, of rookie camp or at the start of OTAs, that he's still gonna, going to try to go out and win that starting job, and that's what we would expect from him. But will he do it? You know what? I, I don't think so. I don't even think he's necessarily going to have the opportunity to show that he is ready for that because you do look different when you're throwing to Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry, and you've got, uh, you know, you've got Carlos Hyde and, and 
Nick Chubb and David Njoku and Duke Johnson, and you're being blocked by the best offensive line, you're going to look different. Tyrod Taylor might not be completing as many passes if he was throwing to the second team offense. So, you know, you can, you can kind of set this up any way that you want to, but it is set up right now at least for Tyrod Taylor to start the season and for Baker Mayfield to come along and learn the game, and when he's ready to play, he'll play. Yeah, and, and that's sort of uh, that's sort of the point of all of this. I, I think back to you know J- the Jared Goff situation where he was behind Case Keenum for a long time. I think he his first start came around Thanksgiving. Um, you know, and there's other situations where guys have started earlier, and there's a situation playing out now now where you know a guy for Kansas City and Pat Mahomes is going to make his first start. Uh, well, not his first start. He's going to make his first real start in a real game that counts. Uh, this season, he made one kind of meaningless start last season. Um, there's a lot of different ways this can play out. And I think personally, honestly, with hard knocks around, I, I think it's best that the Browns are being very clear that this is the situation and this is, this is how they're going to approach it. Because again, that takes a little bit of pressure off of, uh, off of Mayfield and maybe it takes away, look, they're going to play up that quarterback competition a little on the show, I'm sure. But uh, I don't know that they're going to have a lot to work with, honestly. Yeah, and, and, you know, every situation with every team, every quarterback in every city is different when it comes to the rookie and what he's ready for. When you look at Philadelphia, Carson Wentz demonstrated that he was ready. He had come from a pro-style offense. He didn't have to learn how to work under center. He didn't have to learn all of the things that you need to know to operate a pro scheme. He knew that, and he was also off the charts from the, uh, from the sort of genius standpoint when it comes to football IQ and acumen. And uh, so I think that, you know, it was clear that he was ready. Other guys, they might need a year. Other players might need half a year. And the truth of the matter is with Baker, they don't really know quite exactly when that time will be where they look at him and they say he is ready. But they aren't going to be able to go backwards to Tyrod, really. Uh, that, would, that wouldn't work. I mean, it wouldn't work to start Baker for the first few games let's say, against the Steelers and the Saints, and all of a sudden then find out, you know what, he could use a little time on the bench. Let's try Tyrod Taylor for a while. That's not how it's going to work. They're going to put Tyrod Taylor in there. He's going to start against the Steelers. They're going to rely on his experience and the fact that he's won 22 games and that he took a team to the playoffs last year. And they're going to see how he does. And they're going to let it play out a little bit. And if at some point in the season he's not getting the job done or Baker Mayfield demonstrates that he would do a better job and gives the team a better chance to win, then he will start starting. But I don't think they're at that point, and I don't think they're going to be at that point by September 9th. Right, and, and you know, the winning is a, is a big part of this. So, um, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple people about this on, on radio shows and things like this where – you know, the question is, how much does the Browns' history play into this? And I don't think, you know, we're talking about their history dating back to 1999. But this is a, a team that went 1-31 in the last two years, and 0-16 last year. Um, and, and they witnessed having a rookie quarterback last year that really stifled their offense. Now, Baker's different from Deshaun Kaiser. It's a different situation. Better weapons. But th- this team needs to win. You know, this offense needs to have a chance to flourish a little bit with an experienced quarterback, and, and they've got to get that weight of 0-16 off their backs. And there's no guarantee that Tyrod Taylor's going to do that. But right now, you can say that he gives you a better chance to do it than Baker Mayfield probably does. Yeah, and if this, was, if this were last year and you had 
Cody Kessler and Kevin Hogan as the other two quarterbacks in the quarterback room, then Baker Mayfield would be starting, or if that was what you had this year. But they have an accomplished starter in Tyrod Taylor, a Pro Bowl quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. And it's not, you know, it might not exactly be an Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes situation, but you can draw a parallel there in that you have an, a, a quarterback who is established that he can win and that he has made it to a Pro Bowl and uh, that he has a significant amount of starting experience. Tyrod's coming off three straight years as a starter. So, uh, you know, this is a different situation than a lot of rookie quarterbacks step into that are picked as high as Baker is selected. And I think everyone on that coaching staff is making it perfectly clear what the plan is. And I think people just don't want to believe it because Baker Mayfield doesn't take no for an answer because he's the number one overall pick and because of the fact that he has come from behind before and won jobs. And you know what? He might end up looking amazing in training camp. Uh, He might end up really giving an indication that at some point this season, he's going to be ready to step in there. And he has a better team around him by far than Deshaun Kaiser did. So sure. Week eight, week nine, week 10, somewhere in the second half of the season, you could start to see Baker Mayfield, but it's not going to happen on opening day. That's my strong belief. Yeah, I I agree. And and this is where I kind of come back to with Baker Mayfield and, and the way to look at it. We've, you know, you, you look at the quarterback history again, and I think we're so used to going like year by year. Okay. They, they took a flyer on Deshaun Kaiser in the second round. So they got to see what they have in him. Well, that's not the case with Baker. You took him number one overall. This isn't a one-year deal. You know, hopefully this isn't like a two-year deal. I mean, this is a long-term, you want Baker Mayfield, you want this to be the start of 10 years, 12 years of him as your starting quarterback. You don't want it to be hey, let's see what he has and see if the Browns need to pick another quarterback next year. So, that I mean, that's why there's really no need to rush this. You're, you're trying to set up your quarterback situation for the next decade, not just for 2018. Right. And, and another thing that can sometimes happen is we have seen many times before, you can throw a young quarterback in there and their confidence can get rattled if they're not ready for the situation. What is the rush? They have Tyrod to go in there and start against some very, very good football teams in the beginning of the season. And – that way, uh, it gives Baker more time to assimilate, to learn this offense, to, to memorize this complex scheme that he's never had to really do that before quite like this, uh, to learn how to read his defensive keys, slide protections, change motions, do all the things that you have to do uh, to be that leader. And, and again, once again, do something other than play in the shotgun because that's what he's going to have to do. And it's a very fast, fast game at this level. And he has to adjust to the speed of the game as well. So uh, it all makes perfect sense the way that they're doing it, no matter how long it lasts. Uh, starting Tyrod is the right thing to do. And the, and the other thing that I think it's easy to forget, and we have seen guys obviously come in and have success, but the, the game is so different. I mean, from even the, the mechanics of it, you've got a headset now and you're not getting plays. You know, you're not going up to the line of scrimmage and looking to the sideline and getting your checks. You're, you're doing that yourself and, and you've got, uh, uh, an earpiece in your in your helmet and that's how you're getting the play and you have to relay that to the huddle you know a lot of guys come into the league having never even run a huddle um, the pace is different the responsibilities of the line of scrimmage are different there's just so much more that goes into it than you know, do you have a good arm there, there's just so many responsibilities that are a big adjustment and having the opportunity to watch someone else do that for a little while and you know wear that earpiece on the sideline and and 
see what it sounds like, see what it feels like, all of, all of that simple little stuff that we don't really think about, um, that, that's all part of it too. Yeah, and you know what, even a short period of, of time, even, even in some cases, a short period of time on the bench is just enough to take the pressure off from starting right away. I mean, Deshaun Watson did not start, how many games was it? Was it only the first one? I, I think <laughs> it lasted been about, a, I think Tom Savage lasted about a half. Yeah, about a half. Um, <laughs> but they, they really tailored the offense. They really tailored the offense to exactly what Deshaun Watson could do well. And, um, you know, and he, he had also played against really, really tough SEC competition. And that makes a difference in, in some cases. So, you know, he, he was kind of ready to go. And they made sure that he was ready with the way they uh, designed the offense for him. So it's different in every situation. But I think, you know, I think that the way that they're setting it up here is just right. Yeah. And, and again, going back to, to kind of the, the bigger point of what I wrote uh, that went up on Monday, um, it's going to happen. Eventually, it's going to happen, whether it's in the preseason, unlikely, or the opener, which is also unlikely, or the middle of the season, whenever, eventually, Baker Mayfield's going to take over, and this is going to be Baker Mayfield's team. And we're going to spend the next month and a half, I think, hearing people maybe try to push the narrative that, you know, that could change, but that's just because folks are bored. Ultimately, Baker Mayfield's going to get his opportunity to take over this football team. Well, what, I mean, wouldn't you think that, that Todd Haley saying that Baker Mayfield has a long way to go would, would you know, carry more weight than, <laughs> you know, than, than an observation from, from I, one of us? I mean, that's you, right? That's I, I, would, I, would hope, I would hope that Todd Haley's words carry more weight than Dan Lobby's words. <laughs> but isn't it funny that, you know, it's, like you said, sometimes it's the way that, you know, things get, you know, portrayed or, or twisted around a little bit or, or aggregated or whatever the case may be. But uh, absolutely 100% Todd Haley saying he's got a long way to go, I thought was pretty significant. Yeah, that, that's, that is the Browns trying to pump the brakes a little bit too on Baker, Baker Mayfield to set, up, uh, to set up training camp, which kicks off here uh, in a little bit over a month. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be a strange training camp with hard knocks and Baker and, and all sorts of things going on. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The other thing I think, Dan, that makes it interesting is there are a lot of talkers on this team. In case people (laughs) haven't noticed that, there's a lot of superlatives flying around out there in Berea. You've got the best wide receiving core in the NFL. You've got one. You've got the best receiving. You've got the best receiver in Jarvis Landry. You've got Demarius Randall buying millions of of jerseys for uh, for Cavs fans after kind of basically dissing the calves a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on out in Korea, but there are some, uh, there are some personalities on the team this year. You, uh, you forgot one that happened today. I don't, I don't know if, if you saw it in your travels, but um, you, you forgot Christian Kirksey waking up this morning and declaring the Browns a playoff team. Oh, I must have missed that. I've been driving to Toronto to, <laughs> to fly to <laughs> Barcelona. So yes, I missed that one. Yeah, it's uh, wow. hold on. I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna find the tweet for you here. It's on my list, and uh, it's Christian Kirksey. Uh, Demarius Randall has responded positively for it. Here we go. So Christian Kirksey today tweets. Uh, Woke up this morning, and by the way, we're recording this on on Tuesday. 
So Kirksey uh, tweets, woke up this morning letting, letting you all know Browns will be in the playoffs this year. Remember this tweet, Cleveland. So he is jumping wow. in the, uh, the superlatives as well. Okay, there we go. Like I said, there's a lot of, uh, lot of big talk coming out of Berea. And, you know, oddly enough, I think there are a lot of uh, members of the national media that are starting to, to buy into it a little bit. I'm seeing a lot of things from national media. I think uh, might have been Jason LaCampora or someone today said, don't sleep on the, on the Cleveland Browns this season. And, yeah, there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of optimism about this team this year. Yeah, there is. There, uh, you're, you're right about that. A lot of national media are, uh, are jumping on what this team has done. And, um, you know, we'll see. The, the best thing about sports and the NFL is we'll get our answers every Sunday uh, starting on September 9th. So uh, it, it won't be vague then. We'll know, we'll know exactly what this team is uh, once they take on Pittsburgh in the opener. Well, and of course, that day we're going to have Miles Garrett eager to chop down Ben Roethlisberger. Oh so, you know, <laughs> the big talk will only continue. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of Orange and Brown Talk. A little different today just because of uh, circumstances and everything that was going on with, uh, <laughs> with, again, what I thought was the most lukewarm quarterback take ever. And uh, Mary Kay in Toronto on her way to Spain and me sitting outside with dogs barking and engines revving and all sorts of things happening around me. My neighborhood is suddenly very exciting. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be able to uh, post a few things on Instagram or, or Snapchat from, from Barcelona. Maybe even I might possibly even go over to Paris for a day or two, but, um, but we'll have to see about that. All right. There you go. And, and maybe you can pick up a foreign hammock and have it shipped back to the U.S. <laughs> We will look for one in the markets in Barcelona. A Spanish-made hammock. <laughs> we right. shall see. All right, everyone. Thanks for, uh, thanks for kind of bearing with us here uh, as we uh, put this together, and we will be back next week. You will be back. Uh, you will be in town for, what, about a day next week? So we'll try to get together to record something um, a little higher quality then, but uh, we wanted to get this out for you this week. Talk Browns, Baker, all that stuff. So thanks everybody for listening, and thanks Mary Kay for taking time.